Welcome to the Catastrophic Comeback Podcast with American injury lawyer Clark Speaks, helping you find hope, purpose, and joy after a catastrophic injury. So now we're going to move away from talking about your electronic investigations and talk more about your physical investigation. Physical evidence would be a good way. Yeah, physical investigation. Can you talk to me about that? And, and, and does it matter if you start now or six months from now? Now. If there's going to be a case, if somebody wanted to open a case, it's now. Um, when I first got into law enforcement in 1991, it felt like evidence kind of, kind of preserved itself for a while. Now it does not. Uh, just speaking in the terms of electronic evidence, if there's a crash, a fall at a business, there could possibly be video. What I have found over the last 10 years is that storage ability that these businesses or traffic camps store it is, short, is shortening because they're collecting a lot of data but nowhere to put it. So I can, re I can remember 10 years ago, I might have had six months I could go back and pull video somewhere. Now we're getting into that 45 days. Some places only store for 45 days or maybe even less. Um, then there's, uh, you already mentioned, change in tire tracks, tire uh, skid marks, things like that. Weather affects that, weather washes that away. Um, in imperfections in parking lots, stores, doors, roadways, there's a risk that could be fixed. We need to document that as soon as possible. We want to see that condition. What was that condition at the time of this injury? And we need to document that soon. And those conditions change. They change sometimes sooner than later. Well, and especially in very serious accidents where you have insurance companies, insurance investigators, people from corporations who recognize the liability that they have in a certain situation, and they go and they start the process of pulling that video, and then they can't find it later. They start the process of cleaning up job sites mm -hmm. where, where they have been negligent. They start the pro and, and people, I think, are surprised to learn that this employer who they may have worked for or with for a long period of time, and they thought they had a really good relationship, and maybe the employer came by and visits them or their family in the hospital, and just brings them food, tells them, hey, I'm so sorry this happened. Uh, we're going to take care of you. Don't worry. And then they're surprised later to learn that while that conversation is going on, job sites are being cleaned up. And, yep. and, and my experience is it's not necessarily the guy you're talking to. That person may genuinely care about you and be a good person and be concerned. It's a whole other team of individuals that you have never heard of, never had any contact with. That are that are that are responsible for doing these investigations, but they change the. For example, in a in a crime scene, let's go back to your law enforcement okay. days. In a crime scene, when you after something happens, how important is it to to preserve that scene, that site, that that area, so that that evidence is not changed, cor cor uh, contaminated, or lead to a different and false conclusion? Uh, I'll sum that up in one word: immediately. There's no other alternative but immediately. This has to, um, if there's concern an area has evidence to preserve, it's now. It's not, it's not, we don't think about it, we don't have a discussion, we have to preserve this now. Uh, and that's from a prediction, we, and that's maybe not even knowing for sure evidence could be there. It's from a prediction standpoint. Is there likely evidence could be in this geographical area, this room? Let's let's secure it right now. There's, there's no time to wait on that. It goes away quick. Uh, Contamination is a huge problem. Um, when we walk in a building, in a street sidewalk, we, we leave stuff behind, we pick things up. So evidence goes away super quickly. There's just no time to wait on that. 
So, so yeah, I mean, I, so uh, my mom uh, uh, lives with me, and so she loves to watch Perry Mason. She loves to watch Murder She Wrote. She loves to lo- watch Matlock and some of those some of those shows. And it, and when you say that, it brings to my mind those shows when there's a there's a crime, and immediately there's always somebody who doesn't appreciate the the importance of maintaining that scene, and they go in and they do something that would really change the. Uh, the way that somebody would analyze this information and lead the people who see, who, who, who have to reconstruct what happened and, and whose fault it was to an erroneous conclusion. And so I can understand what you mean when you say how important it is to uh, protect that site, preserve that site. And so the way that people can, can do that is to contact their, their, you know, if, you know, their law firm or their lawyers and making sure their lawyers have an adequate uh, investigation component of their firm to be able to go and find, find these, find that, preserve that scene, collect that evidence and, um, and preserve the evidence that will support their claims. Yeah. Time sensitivity is extremely important. Um, for example, if, if one of our team members sends me, sends me a case for an investigation, one of the first things I do is I look at the data loss. That is, instantaneously when I'm given the client's information is I look at the data loss and see where I'm at from an evidence preserving, especially in car crashes. Um, somebody may fall in a business. I need to get a layout of this or put eyes on it now, like before something's changed. Uh, cars go to tow yards to get uh, stored because they're not drivable. Um, oftentimes those tow yards are looking to get rid of those vehicles quick because it as takes quickly up their as possible, space. It's costing um, them money. I need to get there and find those cars. Uh, because sometimes once, the data recordings and, and the evident, the electronic, uh, uh recordings mm-hmm. of the data that leads to the wreck. Yeah. And as soon as the insurance company authorizes the tow company to release the vehicle, they're get rid of it. They don't, they don't have an interest in preserving that. So I may miss an opportunity to collect some data, get some good photos, uh, something that could particularly be used later and maybe in a reconstruction if we don't get to these, this evidence really quickly. Well, one of the things that comes to mind from my point of view is, is uh, and you mentioned falls, slip and falls and those kinds of things where some of those, a, a small local store, I've seen them record over uh, videos in as little as 72 hours. Is that- it depends, yeah. So that, that window of opportunity for recordings is... It's very short, and, and there's nothing, you know, we hope a somebody that has some sort of at fault, you know, in their business or home or something, and there's video, you know, there's a hope they do the right thing to preserve that, but until they're put on notice, there's nothing to stop them. There's nothing to stop them from preserving that. And so one of the things that we do in those situations is, is to send a spoliation letter immediately. So the sooner they call, at least we can send that spoliation letter mm-hmm. saying, you know, hey, preserve this evidence. And, and truthfully, in my experience, they're not necessarily uh, bad guys trying to destroy evidence. No. They, th- th- that, those videos, I'll never forget, probably 15 years ago, I did a tr- trial, a big, maybe it's 20 years ago, I did a, a uh, jury trial with a, uh, in, a, in a big box store that sold like lots and lots of stuff. And uh, they were charging a guy with uh, shoplifting. And the guy had... Uh, he would go, and they used to have these tickets that you would pull off the item, and then you would take it up front and you'd pay for it. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go load it on your stuff. Well, he would, the, the allegation was that he would pay for item A, which was small and inexpensive, and he would collect item B that was big and very expensive. And then he would walk out of the store with it. Well, what they found, what they, they used, the evidence that they used to, to tell that story or to try to show that this person had done these things was they had 
these videos that they had, and this was a long time ago, and they had very high resolution videos of, of, of what was going on in this, in this uh, particular instance. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, the higher the resolution, the larger, uh, the, the, the bigger space, the bigger the space that is required to store these things. So even if they're not necessarily intentionally trying to destroy evidence, the fact is nobody has the capacity to mm -hmm. still to, 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 to collect high resolution data, high resolution video for longer and longer and longer periods of time. Just from, from a practicality's per yeah. sake, they've got to, to free that, that storage space up to record more of the data. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people with security systems installed, their, their agenda is I want to record the here and now. If something happened here and now, and here now can be interpreted to five minutes ago to five days ago. Um, beyond that, people don't have a, a, an interest in or a need to preserve that, whereas we do. Uh, video and, and photographic evidence has a huge impact, particularly if something did go to trial, to show a juror or a judge, here's a picture of it. Here's a video, watch this, and we'll show you what, what these words on the paper are saying. It's, it's, it has a huge impact. Well, one of the other things that I think is com comes up and is a, is a problem if, you don't, if people don't act quickly is witnesses are sometimes uh, readily available right after something happens. You know, uh, maybe a coworker who's there, a coworker who's, you know, yeah, I know I saw exactly what happened, man. Give me a call, and I'll, and I'll, I'll have your people give me a call. And then three months later, maybe they've changed their position. Maybe they have a new job. Maybe they've moved. Maybe they've changed their phone number. Yeah. And then that, uh, that evidence is lost forever. When instead, if we'd have been contacted more quickly, what we could do is we could, we could go and we could uh, have you um, get a video or audio recording of that person's uh, testimony or, or do something to preserve that test person's testimony. Yeah, eyewitness testimony is very valuable. And like you mentioned, it has a time date stamp on it. Uh, one, um, it seems to be nowadays a lot of travel work is very popular. People travel for work, um, whether it's traveling medical providers, traveling contractors. So that means they're moving around a lot. You know, so we may not find them in three months. Um, I can think of a few cases that we've had where I've had to talk to a witness you know, rather soon after the loss and the witness go, oh, by the way, can I show you a picture of that? And nobody knew that. Now, had that been three, six, eight months down the road, um, two things could happen. One, we may not find that witness. Or two, they could have deleted that picture thinking, well, you know, nobody's asked me about this, so I can just get rid of it now. Nobody's asked me. Um, whereas if we're there quickly and they can relate that relevance, they, witnesses may be able to offer something. By the way, I have this or I know this, which is super, super helpful. Well, even if it's later in time when we have been contacted, you bring up some interesting points that make me recall some instances, lots of incidents actually, where even though it was significantly later in time, we were able to go back and find evidence of, I can think of one example where we found uh, evidence a year later that showed that a person was working at the time of the collision, which opened up a commercial policy for a catastrophic case that otherwise wouldn't have been there. I can think of another example where much later in time we were able to find the video uh, evidence of a person who was traveling behind a motorcycle accident mm -hmm. and was able, that, motor, that evidence was able to show. So even later in time, a year later, two years later, we can still, we can still sometimes, if we do a thorough investigation, a proper investigation and use the skills that you've de developed over a long career, 
we can find well, a lot of times we can find evidence that'll help people prove their cases. Has that been your experience? Absolutely. Um, one of the things I specialized in during my law enforcement career was the victim witness interview. Um, I actually co-developed a model used nationally to interview children. Um, so, and that's revolved on how how to help somebody retrieve and report memory. Um, so I have some strategies and techniques to help somebody to be able to search memory to find these events and then be able to report those memories. And different strategies I can go over there with them, not hoping they create information, but just recall moments, recall things that they may not think is important, but to you and I, they're going to be very important. The slightest little detail, I want to help them remember that because it's likely going to have value to it. So what are those techniques? How does that process work? Um, it's, it, it's basically, the short version is, is dependent on a person's free recall memory of me setting up an event. This is what we want to talk about. I give them an instruction how to narrate that event, and then I get out of the way. I step out of the way uninterrupted, um, listen to that, and then go back over that account in detail, but also chronologically in order. That's a critical component to having a witness recall a statement, is going over their statement in the chronological timeline, because that's how memory works. Sometimes maybe even go backwards in chronological timeline to see if we can trigger thoughts and memories. So, so really, you're, you're, it sounds like to me that you're, you're finding points of data points that will sort of anchor that person's recollection and then giving them the space, the time, and the, uh, and the encouragement to try to fill in those gaps. Yeah, and it also involves a proper instruction, um, a proper instruction to how I would like them to report that memory to me. Um, it involves a lot of use of very extended open-ended questions. Let me ask you this. Are there other things that affect uh, evidence, physical evidence, in terms of besides time, besides just time? Uh, one thing that comes to my mind is weather. Weather. I was going to say the same thing. Weather has a significant impact. Uh, some of our injuries may involve weather. Um, sometimes those weather conditions repeat themselves, such as heavy downpours and rains. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes that could have been a, a isolated type of weather event, and maybe we need to respond to that now to get video evidence, look at the scene of where it happened, because that weather event may not repeat itself, such as, you know, uh, Summertime storms and things like that, they often pop up unexpected. Um, some events, uh, injuries may happen in places where weather can repeat itself, uh, with such as a, a low-lying area that floods. We can probably repeat that again in the next weather cycle. But there could be something involving high winds, hurricanes, which we know about that, and tornadoes that don't repeat themselves and may cause injury. We need to see that now. I'm thinking about tire impressions and those kinds of tire things. I'm thinking about uh, any anything that you know. You know, they talk about football being a game of inches. You know, where a person is, line of sight can be a huge thing, and you can't really go back and recreate that line of sight without, you know, sometimes without having a, a, a very firm evidence that shows where a person was relative to other thing, something else or other things. Yeah, thinking about that and relating it to uh, construction sites, we know that's changing daily. We know that's changing hourly. Um, those are even more time sensitive if an injury is involving a construct, something that's actually being constructed, remodeled, renovating. We already know out of the gate that's changing by the hour. So the time, that time window for evidence is really short in that because we know it's changing. Yeah, and they're not gonna they're not gonna slow down no, because somebody's injured. They have a whole team, and they have a project, and they have deadlines, and they have 
banks and money and everything else that are out there. Scott, thank you so much for being yeah, here. I appreciate you uh, joining us. and I think people will benefit from the things that you told them today. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.